In this episode, we're exploring the opportunities and the potential of becoming the leading light for sustainability and uh, the circular economy in your industry. Loads of inspiring and insightful tips coming your way, so stay tuned. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you tuning in. Thank you to Steve Beckett from Magento Agency Push On for this guest recommendation. You have an awesome episode coming up. And if Steve hadn't have told me about this business, we would not have had them on the podcast. And he also introduced me to today's guest as well. And I have to add, given I've just mentioned Push On, um, Simon Wharton from Push On regularly listens to this whilst running. So um, Simon, I hope this hasn't caused you to fall over. Uh, In today's episode, we are exploring creating a whole new part to an industry, really, by taking a fully sustainable approach. We're talking about re-commerce, which is where you are selling used products. Uh, We are talking about interiors and homes. We're talking a lot about consumer motivations. We're talking about the buyer journey. An awesome guest. Um, I I bet all of you, by the time you get to this, will want more from Helen. If you do, drop me a line. We'll see if we can make it happen. Um, But I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you're going to find it very inspiring and get lots of tips and tricks from her as well. Before we meet her, though, please do check out our sponsors. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Helen Lord is co-director and founder at family business Used Kitchen Exchange, the UK's number one kitchen reseller and proud recipients of the Queen's Award for Enterprise in Sustainable Development. Founded in 2014, they now sell around £5.5 million worth of product a year. Hello, Helen. Hello, Chloe. It's superb to have you here on the show. You are kind of a shining example of everything I'm trying to encourage our audience to do in terms of getting sustainable, selling sustainable products and changing consumer behaviour. So I know we've got a lot to chat about. But first off, Mm. way back when, how did you get into this this world you're now inhabiting? Okay, well, um, like a lot of business journeys, I kind of fell into it began with a search for a kitchen. So um, needed a kitchen, didn't have an awful lot of money. Prior to that, I had a resale business on eBay. So I was very adept at using eBay, but also had a, a great belief in reuse. 
and knew that very often a product that had been pre-owned was not necessarily inferior to a brand new product. So started looking on eBay for a kitchen. That job was quite difficult and painful because um, the people who were selling them didn't give all the right information, etc. But fundamentally, we we got there in the end. Um, Kitchen came. I... The one thing that really amazed me about kitchens when I saw them was that um, they look so sort of set in place when they're in a house, don't they? You look Mm -hmm. at them and they look all very solid and you think, well, how on earth can you take that apart? And actually, when I saw it, it's it's just boxes, just Mm -hmm. literally boxes in a row. Uh, with a lid on the top. So when we came to design it and put it in, it came together obviously with some effort and some understanding, but it wasn't as painful or difficult as I thought it was going to be. And um, I saw an opportunity. I mean, we got a beautiful kitchen. Uh, We bought a designer kitchen, didn't really understand kitchens at the time, but you know, it was £120,000 worth of kitchen and we bought it for £5,000. So a huge financial saving, but I I got a beautiful kitchen and I just thought it was a great idea. And I thought we can, you know, this can be done better. So um, I started to investigate the opportunity of selling used kitchens. I think the thing that made it really work is that the first thing I did was I went out to kitchen companies. So Rather than try and hit the whole market all at once, I just went around asking opinions from kitchen companies, um, started to pick up a few kitchens along the way, and, and that's how it happened. And, and slowly but surely, obviously, the, the process has become far more involved, improved. You know, we've been at this a few years now, so there's been a lot of lessons learned, etc. But that's how it all began as a lot of businesses with uh, you just kind of fall into it and think oh there's an opportunity why has no one done this before yeah yeah and it, it is it's like you say a kitchen when it's installed in a house it looks so solid but the mo- does. moment you start pulling bits off it you realize actually it's mm. like a reusable piece of flat pack furniture in many ways correct and then i'm i can understand that the process of buying one on ebay must be or a, or a non-built-for-its site must be really frustrating for the customer because there's so many nitty-gritty bits of detail mm. that you want to know before you pay your money. Because even though you're getting a great deal, you're going to be living with that kitchen for 10, 20 years. So mm-hmm. you want to know which grill it's got, which extractor it's got, which of all the other Correct. little bits. So um, so I guess it must have been quite a, an interesting process building a website that could deal with all that detail or systems that could deal with all the detail that's necessary with with unique products of with of such complexity mm. fundamentally the, the 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 first thing we did was we devised a um a way of uh inspecting and measuring the kitchen and I think not being from the kitchen industry really helped me because, I, I mean, I call them, uh, and it's probably not particularly PC, but I call them girly measurements. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, right, how can, how can we break this down so the normal person can understand it? Because they can look quite complicated. And I don't know if anybody listening has ever purchased a new kitchen, but when when the order form comes, I mean, it's like five pages long and it's, you know, it's like really technical stuff. And actually what you need to know is how, how wide is the unit? 
it was quite simple one yeah. one six hundred and that that's that's how we did it we just kept it really simple but gave everybody the information they need to make a a, a wise purchasing decision but with the kitchen you know a lot of them come with infinite reconfiguration possibilities so just because it looks one way doesn't mean it needs to stay like that so yes you can put your external measurements on but the really crucial thing with them was to get the listing correct with regards to the individual elements of the kitchen so that if you wanted a, a smaller l shape and you wanted to put an island in you know you just have to buy a kitchen with as enough units to do that yeah exactly it's that customizable element which which yes. the, the the buyer wants to know how to do well, I could I could we I could quite happily go into a lot of depth with you on the detail of kitchens but that's not what the audience have tuned into so let's mm. set the scene on the business as it is right now so um, okay where in the world are you and where are you selling to okay well we're in a lovely town called Widnes um, so we're 12 miles outside Liverpool for those who have started businesses from home we're actually still there uh, so we were very fortunate, large house, and we had um, a very large extension on the side, which used to be a care home. So we've been able to stay where we are, which we love because it's very sustainable, obviously, mm-hmm. and we've been able to recruit, recruit locally. So that's where we physically are, but we cover the whole of the UK from where we are. Uh, so the beauty of being online is you can you can be anywhere, really. The only thing we have uh, throughout the country uh, physically is we have photographers uh, who cover the whole of the UK and then we have our dismantle and delivery teams, one in the north, one in the south. So you don't have to hold any of the stock. The stock sits in situ until it's been sold. Yes. Very nice. So now actually let's talk platform because actually... Shh, everyone, you didn't hear this. Technically, Helen's business isn't yet an e-commerce business. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you've you've grown the business with more of a kind of a, a brochure site, which to all intents and purposes mm. looks like an e-commerce store, but without the checkout piece so far. Correct. Um, and that's on WordPress, isn't it, I think? Yeah. And, and the reason for doing that is, as with any innovative business, which, you know, I feel uncomfortable saying it's innovative, but we are we are doing something that's that is fundamentally different to what's out there. We decided that um, whilst we were building awareness, people may actually need to speak to us to gain assurance, comfort, feedback from customers uh, that we've received. The fact that they can actually speak to a human. Um, has been very helpful and to some degree the business will remain that way um, especially with large valuable re-commerce products like kitchens Uh, people have too many questions and there's too many tensions for them not to have the ability to speak to somebody yeah I I I would say if you if you told me you were planning on getting rid of the the um the high value customer service side of the business, I would advise mm. you strongly against it because yeah. <laughs> clearly that's, that's, you know, one of those key things you're offering the customer. And I'm not going to delve too deeply, but I know you're currently building an e-commerce site. So I'm just going to say, I wish we you are. all the best. I think that's <laughs> going to be a very exciting move, move for the business, isn't it? Uh, a very exciting and expensive move as well. Frightening yes. telephone <laughs> figures. Um, but we've, we've saved for this. 
you know, the business established 2014, the website. Um, we've taken very little out of the business and basically been like little squirrels stashing it away, knowing that the opportunity was there and not necessarily avoiding the option of gaining investment or finance, but just because we felt it was pertinent to just not spend and to reinvest so yes, there's a lot of money about to be spent, including rebrand and also CRM as well, mm. which is going to be specifically designed for us. So yeah, painful. Painful, but at least you're going into it with what, uh, quick bit of maths, eight years of customer research and understanding the marketplace. Yes. So you know exactly what you want. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be things that you adapt after it goes live, but... You're in a really good place to have the right brief and the right site and to be making that investment. Absolutely, yeah. And you've mentioned that this is an innovative idea, what you're doing. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the only place I ever would have thought of before of trying to find a second-hand kitchen, well, one, I probably just wouldn't have occurred to me to do it. And then secondly, I'd probably have gone to eBay or looked in a skip or, the you know, the local newspaper listings listings or something. So... You're creating a totally new market with a big sustainable angle to it. So how have you gone about convincing the consumer that mm. this is a route they want to go down to get that customer, that, uh, okay. that new kitchen? Rather? So I use the expression innovative. It's, it's the way we're doing it that's innovative. So um, purchasing a used kitchen has always been an option. And there are, you know, builders have always bought them when they've done houses up, etc. It's not a new thing. But to bring it to the marketplace, really, it needs to have a full wraparound service. And that's a service from beginning to end. The bit in the middle in terms of selling the kitchen is probably the easiest part. You know, here's a kitchen, it's beautiful, do you want it? (laughs) However, um, preparing the listing details to give people the information they need, but also the homeowner who's selling it, they require an in-depth service as well. Because if I asked you to go and photograph and measure your kitchen and inspect it and give me a full detail detail sheet, you'd probably run for the hills. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is a fundamental part of our service, but also the aftercare and the dismantle. So when selling a pre-owned item, the majority haven't been installed to be reused. So deinstalling something does take a different skill set. So we brought that into play as well. So we've we've wrapped a whole service. So we don't see ourselves as necessarily selling a product. Only we sell a service as well. Uh, so it's the full the full beginning to end story, and that's how we did it. Um, because it would be relatively simple to set up a site with just with pictures and a few measurements mm-hmm. on but that wouldn't encourage a homeowner because lack of time lack of know-how and fear really so we take that pain away so is it that taking of the pain away and hand holding and I guess a bit of education and trust building mm-hmm. is that what's enabled you to convince more homeowners to go down the used kitchen route rather than just going straight to the to the kitchen showroom Completely. Um, At the end of the day, if I say to people, which I regularly do, when you think you spend probably more on a kitchen than you do on a car, but when you replace the car, you wouldn't throw the old car away, would you? 
And if you purchase a new kitchen, wouldn't it be great if you could sell that kitchen and gain some money towards your new one and also reduce your carbon footprint along the way and do the right thing for a family that's going to receive that kitchen and, and you know, they, they wouldn't be able to afford a kitchen of that quality buying it brand new so it's this this lovely win-win that sounds incredibly obvious when people hear it they kind of go it's like light bulb moment it's like oh crikey yeah obviously that makes complete sense but where would you begin so the concept is is relatively easy to get across giving people the comfort and the answering any tensions that they've got has been absolutely fundamental to to taking it into the mainstream Yes, because it is that hassle factor, isn't it? It's like the, well, sledgehammer's the easy option, isn't it? But, yeah. But, and, and, and like you say, it is kind of crazy that we don't, it doesn't occur to people that, oh yeah, we would just sell that car. But I suppose mm. part, part of the reason is I would assume people keep their kitchen for longer than they keep a car on average. So it's, mm, it's just not a skill set we're used to is selling, yeah. uninstalling, reinstalling secondhand kitchens. Mm. I mean, in Europe, it's, it's incredibly popular. Really? Um, yeah. So in, in places like Germany, it's not uncommon when a family move house to take the kitchen with them. So there it's, it's relatively commonplace or, or more readily accepted than it is here. Our mission really is to um, ensure that as many people as possible hear that if a kitchen is resellable, because not everyone is, some of them do need to go to that showroom in the sky, unfortunately. And the next stage, obviously, then is to start to work with the industry to begin designing for reuse. As I said earlier, the the kitchens are quite heavily installed. Mm-hmm. So they're they're installed so they're not meant to come out in one piece. Uh, so it we, we have to be very careful when we dismantle them. So hopefully moving forward that's that's how we will be because we all need to live in a more circular world. Exactly. And do you find because um, this is something I'm I'm personally really interested in at the moment, is how motivated consumers are by the sustainable element of the buying process you know is it that's the kitchen I want there's the money saving ooh sustainability benefit or do you see the sustainability being becoming more important for consumers especially as we go into this fascinating year of you know cost of living crisis and and so on and so forth okay best way I can describe this is um, there's, there's two answers to your question. First of all, the first one is short. I believe COVID has really changed the way people think and feel. You know, there's been a real shift change and that people are becoming much more personally aware of their world. Now, whether I would class that completely under sustainability, but we have, we, we have much more self-aware than we've been previously, probably because bad things always happen outside your door, hopefully not inside, but COVID taught us that it's, it's come very close to us. Um, and I think it's changed us. Uh, that's the first thing. But secondly, you ask about the motivation between sustainability and and I think we need to say the dirty word, which is money. I think they they fight with each other where they are within their journey. So to begin with, the feel good of doing something right and making the right choice is very real to people because a bit like the CD collection, we put it in the loft because it cost us a lot of money and we know it shouldn't go to waste. 
kitchen is the same thing uh, and we all want to do good I, I fundamentally believe that but as we move down the journey with a seller the money does become more important because they're then seeing a few thousand pounds towards the next kitchen and then once it's sold they revert back to the I made the right choice so I believe any any sustainability initiative, especially this type of sustainability initiative, if it's coupled with extrinsic benefits, it really helps. It really helps because it's an additional motivator that, that can, you know, it, it, it changes in terms of its priority with someone. So, yeah, at the beginning, it's sustainability in the middle, it's money. And at the end, it's sustainability again with us anyway. So I, I love that it's those, you're seeing people needing the sustainability at different parts of the buying journey. And I think, I guess that's something we all need to work out is where it comes into play in our own businesses, at what point we need to be getting that message across to the customer. Um, Helen, with everything going on in this brilliant space that you are occupying um, with mm -hmm. your business, what's the most awesome thing going on in it at the moment? I think the most awesome thing and the most stressful thing is the amount of opportunity that entering into the re-commerce world has, has opened up for us. So this is leading us to business transformation, which we're probably a third of the way into at the moment, uh, time-wise anyway. So by entering into a linear industry with a re-commerce uh, opportunity, it's opened doors to other products and other opportunities. So um, with being online for within a traditional bricks and mortar industry, we have opened up the opportunity for traffic and people who wish to buy end-of-line appliances, for instance, graded stock, you know, additional items at more of a trade price. So it's, it's um, I think that's the most awesome thing at the moment that we can actually give people a total solution marketplace when it comes to kitchens um, and hopefully in the not too distant future, bedrooms and bathrooms because the whole industry is linked together. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? That simply by becoming good at the re-commerce piece, the circularity mm -hmm. piece, it just opens up so many doors because the consumer's coming to you and going, all oh, right, do you, do you do bedrooms? Do you do bathrooms? Correct. And the industry's going, well, here's an opportunity for us to solve some of our, our downstream carbon issues too. So yeah. I think that's... Uh, I mean, awesome. there's, there's, there's a lovely online marketplace. It's a great example is Music Magpie. I mean, you know... I mentioned CDs earlier. I'm not obsessed with CDs, but um, I love their business model and they're doing something not too dissimilar to us. But likewise, that's opened up enormous opportunity to them as well to diversify. And in some respects, your, your business is not so much given the red carpet to enter into an industry when you work on re-commerce uh, and sustainability, but it definitely gives you a path in and it allows you to talk on a level with businesses that don't see you as a competitor. I believe the, the, the persona group that we are selling to are very different from the people who will be buying new. So we're able to quickly gain access to decision makers within some of the leading manufacturers in the industry and, and open lots of doors. Yeah, with the green cloak on. 
like Superwoman. <laughs> e-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. I want to tell you about Awesome, spelt O-S-O-M-E. They are the experts in organising your e-commerce business accounts so you don't have to worry about filing company reports or paying taxes on time. Awesome accountants take care of all your finance admin and are on hand to answer your questions. It's really easy to link your online store, bank accounts and payment systems to the Awesome app, which then keeps track of your spending, profits and financial performance in real time, giving you peace of mind and saving you time too. Plus, using the Awesome system will save your business thousands of pounds every year. To get a demo and find out how much time and money Awesome could save you, go to ecmp.info forward slash awesome, fill in your details and hit the let's go button. Make sure you use the link ecmp.info forward slash awesome, that's O-S-O-M-E, as it will automatically add a coupon to save you £110. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Oh, and I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Helen, have you got that green superwoman cape on and are you ready for the top tips? Fire away. Okay, let's start with the book top tip then. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Do you know what? I really wanted to give you a proper, proper intelligent answer to this one, but... I can't because book reading is is something I only have the luxury of when I go on holiday and I lie on a beach and I refuse to move for two weeks. Um, So podcasts tend to be something that I go to regularly. Obviously, listen to yourself, but also I do have a bit of a, a soft spot for Stephen Bartlett. So Diary of a CEO is something I do listen to regularly. And I love the variety of guests and the 
the, the variety of subject matters and the fact that it's not just about business. They always link some personal development in there because as entrepreneurs, it's, it is a, can be a lonely journey. So to hear somebody else saying things that you've been thinking or feeling can be quite heartwarming. And you can't always get that from a book. It tends to be quite natural and flow. And I, I enjoy that about podcasts. And if I actually need to do anything, I'm a Google girl. So it's either Google or, or YouTube. Yeah, sorry, I can't, uh, no, I I can't think answer a, the book question. Helen, I think that is a brilliantly intelligent answer. Um, and uh, and yeah, to- well, there are plenty of people listening who who don't who don't don't get the opportunity to read books either. So we're always always very welcoming to a, an alternative recommendation, <laughs> um, especially when it includes our own shows. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip: which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Okay, so in in my world, I'm going to give you this answer is going to be a little bit longer because I think uh, for us and especially within sustainability, it's about education. So a top marketing tip for, from from me would be don't think you're just marketing a, a product, you're marketing the concept and the idea and the awareness. So you have to bear that in mind with every uh, medium you use. The ones for me particularly are things like Pinterest, Instagram, things like that. The reason being that our research has shown that um, people who are entering into a buying funnel to make an interiors choice, it's not just about kitchens, it's about anything we buy for our homes, the access to imagery, beautiful imagery and very uh, modern imagery and new ideas is is through those channels and, and they're highly entertaining as well. So people love scrolling through their mobiles. Uh, so that would be my don't don't ignore Instagram and don't don't think everything has to be about selling. It's jab, jab, right hook. So <laughs> lots of, yeah, the right hook's the sale. The jab, jab is, you know, engaging content. So that would be the strongest tip I could give. I, I love that advice. Thank you very much. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a okay. cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Okay. Again, probably not a classic answer um, because we are a little bit Luddites in terms of the technology we use within the office and we do talk a lot to each other. But the most useful piece of kit I brought into the office is the cheapest and most effective CRM system ever. And we've been able to build a business turning over five million using this tool and it costs eight pounds per person per month. And it's a system called lessannoying.com. Lessannoying.com. Yeah. That's yeah. a great it's, name. it's American. We'll forgive them. I'm going to have to go and check that out because it's not one I've heard of before and I'm loving the name. Oh, it's, <laughs> so thank it's, you for that. It's so easy and I structured the whole business and all the work patterns through it. It's It's been beautiful. I mean, it's time to say I love you, but goodbye to it because we need more automation. But if a business has a limited number of customers and just wants to keep, you know, basic check on processes, systems and customer information. It's a great little tool with not a massive amount of investment. Very nice. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be Mm. your number one tip for them? Understand your customers. 
that sounds a little flippant, but they do need to ask themselves, do you really understand your customers? So what are their tensions? What's their journey? And my personal belief is we, we very much, well, it's not a belief, it's a fact. We employed somebody to come into the business. And to be honest with you, when you start a business by yourself, you do tend to think you know it all. And, you know, I'm a person of strong opinion and strong passions and strong beliefs, but I handed it over to somebody else to have a look at. And they came back with some some very useful insights in terms of understanding buyer funnels and understanding buyer journeys, things that I'd never, never understood, really. And uh, that probably changed our business literally overnight. Um, so I think the year that we brought in the changes that were suggested, the growth was good 50, 60 percent, had a phenomenal change. And it was just about repositioning ourselves. But you need to understand how people find you as well, because our business, for example, was a lucky find on a journey for a kitchen. So they'd kind of, they'd go in onto Pinterest, then they'd go blah, 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 blah. Then they'd go into kitchen companies and then they'd work out the, you know, oh, that's dead expensive and it's not as nice as I wanted. So let's have another look. And then they go back and they go back. And then all of a sudden, right at the bottom, when they were getting desperate, they'd find us. And what we had to do as a business was reposition ourselves higher up the buying funnel. And I wouldn't have done that without somebody else having a look at it and fully understanding the customer. So again, a long answer, but you need to, you need to know what their journey is. Uh, you need to know where your in-market buyers are and you need to get all those plates spinning at the same time. That's so true. The, the answer to most business problems lies with the customer. You've just mm. got to actually ask them in one way yeah. or another and you'll find the answers out. Um, Helen, it has been marvellous chatting with you. Before <laughs> we say goodbye, though, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? OK, so on all social accounts, we are Used Kitchen Exchange, uh, obviously a unique name, so we're easy to find. And on the internet, it's usedkitchenexchange.co.uk. And if you don't want to type that much, it's uke.co.uk. There you go, guys, uke.co.uk. Um, Helen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You have given such enlightening and um Enlightening advice with an inspirational story, which is pretty much spot on for us. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You're welcome. Lovely to speak to you. Wow, what an amazing journey. What an amazing story. Um, What Helen's built over the last eight years and how she's got the right advice on at the right times to understand that customer journey to reposition the business. I thought that was really clever and how, you know, they, they're now eight years in making the decision to go fully, full e-commerce, not just looking like an e-commerce site and then doing that customer service, but not making the error of removing the customer service from it. Um, for those of you going, what's re-commerce? Re-commerce is the buying and selling of used products. So um, kind of circular economy, kind of um, new and used. Uh, kind of recycling. We call it re-commerce. That I just thought was really inspirational. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Helen. I hope you've enjoyed it too. And a couple of the really key points coming out of it was that if you can be that step change in your industry to a more sustainable angle, 
you will find it so easy to find collaborations and partners within the industry because this is something everyone's trying to do at the moment. So you you walk in not as the competitor, but as the, the helping hand that's going to help solve the problem for everyone else. And I think that's something we probably don't talk about enough on the podcast. So those of you who are already sustainable, go talk to your competitors, go talk to the rest of your industry and encourage them along. And the rest of you, you know, maybe find the sustainable person in your industry to help you do it or, you know, find uh, find a way to become more sustainable. Well, you can get your hands on the notes from this show today by um, going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast even, or you can use our direct episode link, put ecmp.info forward slash episode number into the URL bar to go straight to the correct page on the website where you will find... Uh, the top tips, links to what we've mentioned, and a fair bit more. Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you like this episode and you want some more tips on becoming net zero, on circular economy, or becoming more sustainable, all you need to do is scroll back up our podcast feed because everyone we've interviewed since the beginning of this year and quite a lot of them before that have that angle to them. So in every single episode, you will find something to help you on your journey along that path to becoming carbon neutral and reaching net zero. Thank you so much for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a marvelous week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.